Welcome to the Legendarium. I've waited three years to tell you this. I hate that <laughs> phrase. I hate Ripping that good phrase. yarn. I hate it so much. You've used it. I think that's the 150th time you've used it on this podcast. Probably today. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode number 151. Todd, you weren't even here. We passed 150. I am just astounded that Uh, we are still recording. (laughs) I know. It's a little... It's Well, just wait. Just wait, because it's not that crazy when you hear another stat in just a bit. Yeah, just a minute. Now, I am Craig Hanks, your host, and let's introduce the rest of these uh, weirdos. Over there, he is hairier than a tauntaun, and he smells just as bad on the outside. It's Kyle Lemon. All right, but uh, there is no Luke Skywalker inside me. <laughs> <laughs> and don't be fooled by his smooth, sultry voice. He's only kind of smooth and sultry. It's Todd Wenty. The rest of the time, I am clumsy by no stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and he's so remote, he keeps getting lost in the couch cushions. It's Daniel Swenson. Hey. Hi, Dan. How are you doing, Daniel? Uh- yeah, I'm good, but I, I'm a little jealous. I want to be smelly like a tauntaun. Jeez. <laughs> well, you know, Come on. we all aspire to something, I suppose. You do have yes. to remember that as soon as Kyle falls over dead, we're going to slice him open so we can shove somebody inside him to keep warm. <laughs> now, well, do, I do have five lightsabers. We can make that easily do you really? Okay, You and Ryan could get together and <laughs> you, have a battle. You, you, you can't see this, but you went from here all the way up to here. So that's... Re- I know nobody else can see it here, but Craig saw it. Yeah. Kyle saw it. That that was that was so, a big so, jump. <laughs> now, yeah, see, I, I, I'm a bit of a Star Wars geek, uh, and I have a problem. Oh, yeah. well, you know, I think you might be on the wrong podcast. Uh, maybe we should send That's you okay. somewhere else. It's not a problem. <laughs> um, now, Daniel is joining us uh, today. Uh, he is leaving his own... Um, uh, you know, parents' basement, like how we record things, and uh, and joining us on ours. But Daniel runs his own podcast. You might have heard of it. It's called Dungeon Craw- Dungeon Crawlers Radio, right? Yep. And uh, it's been going. This is what I was talking about, Todd. It's been going for ten years. Amazing. We're coming yes, up uh... on four for the legendary, but ten. <laughs> ten is amazing. You know, hey, four is not bad. Um, yes. So I started it. It'll be 10 years come January. Uh, we started in my buddy's basement surrounded by uh, – literally there were bars on the window, so that's where the dungeon <laughs> name came from. And we started out talking about D&D and role-playing games, what we, we loved. And you know, we had our wish list of getting up to talking to authors, and that eventually happened. And then stuff just keep, kept going on from there, and I'm still doing it 10 years later. Uh, which is crazy. It's super awesome, and it's it's a really great podcast. There's a reason it's been going for ten years, and there's a reason it has eighteen hundred bajillion subscribers. <laughs> uh, and so, if you haven't heard of this by some weird, uh, you know, fluke of the universe, you listen to the Legendarium, and you haven't heard of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, go check it out. Um, it's very cool. But that's not the only thing that I want to mention. Daniel is also now. Uh, for I believe the first time, a published author. Uh, yes, your book is "The Shadow Above the Flames," and uh, and you were gracious enough to uh, gift us a copy to read. And we haven't gotten around to it yet, but we're not going to wait for that to talk to you. So we wanted to get you on and uh, and and talk to you. But we want our listeners to know as well they can check that out. It is available right now on Amazon. Is that right, or is it not quite there yet? 
No, it's on Amazon. You can go to Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's available in physical form and ebook, and should be available on audiobook by next month. Oh, very cool. Oh, very cool. Who's who's reading it for you? Uh, his name is Steve Campbell. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job. Uh, right now, I'm actually going through the proof just to make sure everything's correct. But uh, you know, you, you, some when it goes to an audiobook, you always worry because there's sometimes you get a dry narrator. And he's done a fantastic job. Every character has a unique voice, so you're not confused to who's speaking. And he's—I'm excited for it to be out. Um, so yeah, it should be like I said next month. Uh, as somebody who is trying to write a very, very short nonfiction book and struggling mm -hmm. mightily, <laughs> I must say anybody, anybody who finishes a book has my respect. <laughs> and uh, and if it's good, it'll be even better. So Yeah, you know, it is very funny uh, that you mentioned that because I have met several people who are like, it's not that hard to write a book. It's, it, you sit down, you type words. How hard can it be? Ha, it's ha, ha. really difficult. Yeah. Those, I mean, those are people who right, have never done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you're right. It is easy to jump in front of a laptop and write some words, but to actually make it coherent enough to tell a story and finish it is is tough. Yeah, yeah, you've got that right. Uh, yeah, tougher than most people would believe. Um, yes. Now, that's not the only thing on our housekeeping. So uh, one more time, I'll mention the title. Uh, go to go search the shadow above the flames. That's where you can find Daniel Swenson's book. And uh, and check us out. And if you manage to read it before Kyle and I do, uh, you can hop on Reddit and let us know what you think. Reddit.com. Oh, no, wait. It's thelegendarium.reddit.com. Uh, you can join the conversation there after this episode and, and let us know what you think of what we're about to say. But also, like I said, if you manage to read that book before we do, uh, let us know what you thought. And, uh, you know, uh, get, give us your... Give us your review before Did we get a chance Daniel to do Did you want to have Daniel give one. the like elevator pitch? To, like, tease <sighs> the it elevator out? pitch? Yeah. I do, uh, yeah. The elevator, it's really simple. Uh, evil Corporation unleashes dragon upon the world. Magic returns to the world. And a special ops team is sent to recover an item and destroy said dragon. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm totally in. That's a, it's <laughs> a very cool premise. Uh, and I, yes. I, I have gotten through the first little bit of it. And definitely the part... When the yeah, I, I can't remember. There's like I think it might have been the line either at the end of the prologue or the end of chapter one, where I was like, okay, this is a, it's a dope premise at least. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the prologue hooks everyone, um, which is crazy because that is the. So I woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, my buddy, who's another fellow author, said, "Hey, I know you do a lot of research." you write these awesome D and D adventures, you could write a book. And if you wrote a book, cause he was an acquisition editor at times, like I'd, I'd publish it. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. So I went home, talked to my wife. She's like, go for it. What, you know, what's the harm in it? Um, I was still him and hawing with it. Cause I'm like, it's writing a book. I mean, I've read Brandon Sanderson and all these other guys, Tracy Hickman, R.A. Salvatore. How can I make something that's even half as good as that? I went to bed that night, woke up at like two in the morning and wrote that, uh, the first sentence. Went back to bed, woke up the next morning at like 8 a.m. and just wrote that, that whole prologue. And it's still the same that I wrote. And it just, it hooked me. I read it to a couple other people and like, you have to finish this. So. Very cool. Nice. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, I 
good way to start your book, I suppose, uh, with a yeah. flash of lightning. Um, oh yeah. Let's uh, let's go ahead and and uh, move on to the subject at hand. Um, after I mention how you can support our show, you can go to Patreon.com/Legendarium and support the show on an ongoing basis, or as I mentioned last week, <laughs> there is a new way to to do a bit of short-term uh, help because we are building our new uh, studio and uh, we ran into some unexpected issues with the old structure. And uh, by issues, I mean bugs. Lots and lots and lots of bugs and rotted wood. And anyway, we had to. You tear were the generous whole thing calling down. it a structure. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you haven't seen it, you can go to our Facebook page and check out the video that I posted. We had I, I called in a uh, an excavator basically, and they had to tear the whole thing down. And so now we're down to the concrete. We found pad. no less than three dead bodies. <laughs> they were all, the 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 hearts kept beating. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so we need your help. And I set up a GoFundMe page, and I I I think it's it's something kind of weird, like GoFundMe.com/slash/the-new-legendarium-studio. I think. But honestly, there's a link can, on Reddit. There's a yeah. link on Reddit. Yeah. There's a link on Facebook. You can go check it out. <laughs> And here's the kicker. Not only do we want your support, uh, but if you go there and you donate, whether it's five bucks or we've gotten up to $100 in a single donation, any uh, if for each dollar you give, uh, that's one vote for the next thing that we read. And so you can vote, you can choose among the list of things that we've put on that page, or you can vote for something of your very own and uh, let your... Let your uh, passion and by all means forth. feel free to donate five hundred dollars and vote for whatever random thing you want us to read D daniel <laughs> daniel this is your this is your cue five hundred dollars my cue shadow Ooh. above the flames will be next <laughs> <laughs> no anyway but uh even if your book doesn't win uh it, whatever comes in second place that's what we'll read after that uh, you know, and and so you don't have your votes to, will count your votes. Yes, this is you're not a Republican in California. Your votes count <laughs> or, yeah. or a Democrat in Utah <laughs> or or a Democrat in Utah or whatever. Um, anyway, so, yeah, go ahead. Please uh, participate there. Not only do we need the support, but we desperately need your input on the direction of the podcast because Wheel of Time has been a wonderful, giant, long-ass crutch for us <laughs> for 14 months. We, we we haven't ever had to wonder what we're going to read next because there's always another Wheel of Time book until there's not. And so uh, it's crunch time. There we are need to no beginnings out. or endings. <laughs> um, wow, you're almost getting to the end of Willow Time, man. We are. Yeah, we're. I think next week we're gonna record uh, episode storm. twelve or uh, book twelve. So. Wow. I yeah. mean, I I just want to throw a plug in just for you guys. You know, just because fellow podcaster, it takes a lot of work. So if you guys can support these guys do it i mean even if it is a dollar because that helps um because we we do this because we love it but at the same time we need help yep because there's only so far our pocketbooks can stretch <laughs> and sarah would probably really like to see us get out of the house that's true my yeah this this room that we're in right now would do much better as a uh, as a bedroom for, so <laughs> so that my four-year-old doesn't have to share it with the crying baby all the time so yeah, yeah, that happens. No, but we also—it's not just going to be a new podcast studio. It's going to be a video studio and all that. So it's—we're—we're uh, it, we're looking to bring you not just more of the same, but bigger and badder content. 
starting a YouTube channel and all that. So anyway, uh, let's we've to say that we've beat around the bush is uh, a bit of an understatement this week. Uh, I, I, I feel like we've spun our wheels long enough. There's been a lot of throat clearing. We should probably talk about the topic at hand. Now, this one, the, the title of the episode, I, I believe I'm titling it The Three Levels of Story. And this is something that you've heard us talk about a lot on the podcast. And I cannot remember. I went back and looked. I actually tried to listen to, I, I tried to listen to some of our old episodes. It didn't go so well. And I cannot find the moment when I first brought this up, but I think it was during Mistborn somewhere. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that uh, that there are three levels of story at which you can both write and read story. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of dive into this a little bit because we get this question all the time on Reddit and on Facebook and by email and all this. What You know, you guys keep mentioning this is a level three moment. Well, what do you mean by that? This episode is meant to... Uh, to help clarify, give you, yeah, give you a little bit of clarity there. So I wanted to start just with, uh, what this reminds me of. I was on a, uh, a cross country road trip with my brother. He was moving from Charlotte, North Carolina to Seattle, Washington. So cross country, literally coast to coast. And, uh, and his family was already out there and I said, well, I'll drive with you. So I flew out to Charlotte and we got in the car and we started driving. And what do you do when you're in the car for three days straight? Uh, you listen to a lot of music. And he, I, I grabbed my phone, I plugged my phone in and we started listening to, I think it was Radiohead. And it was one of their, <laughs> it was this, uh, this really kind of bizarro experimental Radiohead song. It was from around uh, the year 2000. So kind of Radiohead at their weirdest. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was like, I was trying to explain to him, like, look at what they're doing with this chord change and with this technique and all that. And I'm trying to really show the depth at which these guys were writing music and performing music. And uh, and he just kind of politely nodded along. And then when it came time, came time for him to plug in his phone, he put on, I'm not kidding, he put on Chris Brown. And... Uh, <laughs> And I, because this was, this was years ago and I, I hope I'm a little bit more, um, <clears throat> I hope I'm a better person now than I was then, but I scoffed. Debatable. Uh, I, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I, I can't imagine you scoffing I, at I, anything. I scoffed. Wow. And I Chris just, Brown? <laughs> I kind of like, I was like, yeah, I was like, this is, this that was is a good impression. <laughs> this is garbage music for garbage people. And, uh, you know, this is not good. And he really laid into me, and I never forgot that, because he said something to the effect of, look, just because it's not trying to do all the same things as your music doesn't make it bad music, right? And uh, anyway, this was long before I ever came up with the three levels, but that, that moment always stuck with me, because he really put me in my place. And, so the real uh, question is, is how much Chris Brown do you have on your Spotify playlist now? Um, approximately zero. So you didn't learn anything. <laughs> this is a huge waste of time. <laughs> He learned. Well, hey, at least you don't have Chris Brown on your uh, playlist. That's good. <laughs> That's so. Like I said, like I said, I'm I'm a pretty good person. Maybe not perfect, but at least I have no Chris Brown on my playlist. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I think I've got Rihanna on my side on this one. Oh, oh, too soon. <laughs> yeah. So just a little bit. So is this the way? I hope it becomes apparent how that story relates to the three levels. 
but maybe what I'll do is uh, I want to quiz Todd. Todd's been on the podcast since we came up with the three level theory. Yep. I want to see what your understanding of it is. And then I'll give you the the real answer. Oh, nice! I love that. I, <laughs> I love, how wrong you are. I love the way that this always happens. No, um, because you you're you have stated you're a big fan of level three moments. That's where you like to I live. Right? It is where I like to so, live. So explain to us the three level theory. So the way that I look at them, uh, level one is a ripping good yarn. Um, it's great storytelling. It's fun. It carries you along, but it doesn't necessarily. Uh, at least for me, as I as I look at it, it doesn't necessarily have significant depth. Uh, it's not doing anything more than just being entertaining. It's fun. It's 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 escapist, uh, probably at its best. Um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, in fact, as I was thinking about this, I thought, oh, what are some examples of some of some things that I have read over my lifetime that that typify those? And for a ripping good yarn, I would say the Robotech novels. Which, by the way, if you've never read them, please don't go out and do that. Um, it's 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 cotton candy for the mind, and unless you watched the Robotech television series when you were a kid, it really doesn't matter. Um, this is this is the part where me and Kyle go Robotech, Robotech? yeah. What? And and if Ken were here, he would go, "Oh my gosh, yes." Um, I agree with the Robotech. Yeah. Oh, Daniel, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but those books were those books were ripping good yarns. They were fun. I'd read them in about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Um, and there was nothing worth thinking about afterwards. You just got to the next book. Uh, level two is, I generally think about it as, as, as a state of the world. It's a political or social commentary kind of a situation where, um, whereas I'm looking at it, I see similarities or, or comments, uh, about what we're dealing with. Uh, a book that was, that stands out to me as a, as a real good level two book, uh, or example of level two writing or reading is Starship Troopers. Um, there's, oh, yeah. there's lots of things that are political commentary and social commentary about the way that things are developing. And it's very, if you know where it comes from in time, uh, that it was written in the fifties and sixties, then, then you see a lot of those kinds of things. It's still relevant. Uh, but that really kind of helps understand it. And level three, I would call the state of the soul. Um, it's more about self-evaluation. It's, it's those moments that give us an insight as to how we as human beings can be better human beings, whatever that means to you. Um, and an example of a book that is entirely, I would say, level three uh, is a book called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, generally, generally thinking about level three books, they tend to be more literary than uh, commercial in nature. Eh, um, I don't agree with that. Well, I, from the standpoint of if they're trying to be a level three right. book. Okay. So uh, you're, you're more likely to be nominated for a Nobel Prize if you are making an effort to write level three than if you're writing a ripping good yarn. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only, the only thing I would add, I think you're right. Um, the only thing I would add is as I was thinking about this theory, uh, because I'm trying to write it down and kind of codify it a little bit, and so I'm hoping you guys will help me with this. The only thing I would add is that I've struggled to figure out where I put um, intimate personal, uh, in, inter, intimate, interpersonal relationships, family relationships, uh, marriage, um, close friends, that sort of thing. Because, uh, because where do you put, do you put it in social because it's interpersonal? And I would put that on level three as well. It depends My on what you're saying about it. Level. If you're, I, I would say if you're talking about the institution of marriage or about the nature of friendships, um, then and, and about how friendships change and what they do as far as influencing society, maybe that's right. A I'm talking two. about the actual relationships, right? Yeah, not I'd, that... 
I'd not the that, argument well, of like. I think that it kind of probably sp- splits the difference, to be honest. Maybe. Um, if you're talking about the relationship and the function that the relationship has, I think you put it in level two. But if you're talking about the relationship and the effect that it has on an individual on the inside the relationship, it goes in level three. So okay, there's not really. Fair. Well, I mean. Coming from a writing standpoint, I mean, it depends on how you're writing it. If you're writing first person, if it's the individual talking about his marriage and, and things like that, there would definitely be three. If you're you know, if you're out in third person kind of seeing what's going on in the marriage, then yeah, I would agree it would be in level two. Unless. Oh boy, here we go. Unless you're trying to write something that, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's, you know. Like Fifty Shades of Grey, but that might be level one. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely level one. Level fifty. That's, yeah, or, or, or maybe negative four. <laughs> Never read the books. Have no idea. I'm just throwing that one out and saying, eh, intimate relationships, ripping good yarn, probably that. Methinks the Todd doth protest too much. <laughs> I, I never, I never read the. I didn't, I, I didn't read them. I, I, I had know, somebody ask me if I was ever going to read it. I'm like. I have way too much on my reading list to even consider such a book. <laughs> well, I read a staggering statistic about that book, actually. So the about 95% of all readers that have gone out and read uh, Twilight have moved on to and read uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Would you say 90%? 95. 95%? And considering yes. that its audience was 12-year-olds at the time... Well. Right, but they've grown up. Well, and, I, well, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. with the statistic you just cited. I'm going to say that's a debatable proposition. So you go from you go from 12 year olds reading about creepy stalkers showing up in a bedroom to 17 <laughs> to 20 year olds reading about creepy stalkers inviting you into a bedroom. I see the correlation. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Well, n- well, not only that, you also had a lot of middle aged women that went to read. Uh, uh, twilight because mm-hmm. they're like well, why are all these young girls reading it and then they read about it and they're kind of interested in this weird paradoxical relationship that this young girl has didn't it start out as a breaks. fan fiction for twilight yeah yeah there is yeah and then they move on to this other weird relationship <laughs> so yeah it's 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 a very interesting statistic um but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That. I don't know how we got to a Twilight episode of our podcast, but <laughs> uh, I hope nobody asks it, us to read all, Twilight. It's all surface level. It's all level one. <laughs> here's here's the thing, Todd. If somebody, you know, say somebody gave us five hundred bucks on the GoFundMe and said, "I want you to read Twilight," you're damn right, I'd read Twilight. <laughs> I the thing is, it's that that's not five hundred dollars going toward us reading it kindly. Oh no 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 no! We <laughs> so, we will we will treat it as we treat anything. <laughs> you know, I almost want to see someone give you five hundred bucks to read Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, <laughs> that, okay. I wonder if our listenership is that cruel. Well, I know hey, some you of them are. Put your laptop away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So. I do. Let's see. Well, I don't even. I've lost the thread of the three levels conversation. So I feel like we need to bring it back there. Um, All right. <laughs> where where were we? Okay. I, so we were talking about the difference between level two and level three. Yes. Now, now uh, we can get back there in a little while. But one thing I want to mention is just the the naming convention that we've come up with. I I know Ryan. If he were here, he would uh, voice this concern, and many other people have as well. 
And the concern is this. By saying you've got level 1, level 2, level 3, you are implying a ranking of this type of or uh, mode of storytelling. Yep. Right? And so level 1 being the surface level, the danger here is uh, in implying that, well, just because it's surface level means that it's not worth as much as something else. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that I'm willing to say that. Oh, I'm not I, either. But I'm also not sure that I'm willing to discount it yet either. So I guess for me, it, it goes back to um, what I was talking about, the different kinds of examples that I found when, when I was reading, um, when I was reading the Robotech series and I read the whole Robotech series, all I don't know. I think there were 18 books. Um, and I think I owned them all and then just handed them off to friends to let them read them and they enjoyed them too. And so I don't know how many of them are floating around. I think I, I know I still have six of them at my house. Um, and they were great and they filled a, a spot in my reading needs for the time. At the time I was going to college, I was reading all of this really heavy stuff about investing and also starting the psychology degree that I was doing. And so I was, I was deep into heavy duty stuff and I needed the escape. I needed the, the lighthearted fun. And so for me, it was absolutely critical to my sanity that I read something that was solidly level one, because I think if I was reading anything that had been, that had been requiring much more of me at that point in time, uh, I, th I think it would have left me more exhausted than invigorated. So I, I totally agree that, that each of the, that while we may say these, uh, level one, level two, level three, uh, giving an indication as to which is preferable or which is more important or which is whatever. Um, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's necessarily saying that one is better than the other. It's just, what are you trying to do with it? And what are you reading from it? The other thing that I thought about this too Actually, no, I'll save that for later. Sorry, I'm getting okay. really carried away. That's but. all right. I do want to hear some of Kyle's no. thoughts um, because I, I we haven't heard much of Kyle. Kyle's just today. been looking at us going back and forth a little <laughs> it's bit. It's all good. I mean, you guys have a lot to say, so, you know, it's cool. But uh, Put a what, microphone in front of these two I, and you'll... You know. Yeah, I know. It's a sad, <laughs> sad thing. But, uh, yeah, what, what do you think of the question at hand? You know, the, the inherent ranking of calling it level one, level two, level three. I mean, I, I, I see the problem with that because there is value in level one stuff like Todd said. Um, sometimes you just want an escape and you just want to be told a cool story or you want to see robots punching monsters in the face <laughs> and that's all you need and you don't need anything deeper than that. Mm -hmm. um, but I also see why you wouldn't want to get away from saying, well, you have to have level one as a service level idea and right. these other two levels are maybe not more valuable, but are definitely more or they're deeper there. It takes more thought to put into them to get something out of them. So it's more work, but maybe more rewarding um, in their own right. Um, so it, it just comes down to the whole idea of the three levels in the first place is what are you looking for? Hmm. Um, so if you're looking for surface level, then that might be the most valuable to you. And I think each level is going to be different for each person as right. far as the the value that they bring. Yeah, I can get on board with yeah. that. Uh, were you about to say something, Daniel? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, at least in my opinion, the levels don't really matter. I mean, let's look at I'm 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 going to do something that I don't normally do, but I'm going to bring in sports. 
sports. You know, you got college level basketball or baseball or football. You got minor leagues and you got the pros. Doesn't matter. I mean, yes, they're not. You know, the pros are better than the minor league. The minor league is better in college. But no matter what, you go to a game, you enjoy the game. Yeah. And it's always it's always fun. And it applies to this as well. If you have the surface level book book it's going to be fun i mean i remember back in the day reading the robotech one i have the entire Dragonlance series oh loved um, Dragonlance. those were tons of fun it was an easy fun read it wasn't it had its moments where it pulled at your heartstrings and stuff like that but it wasn't like so entrenching like you know the the will i'm series um you know and then you go to the seeing outward those stories you know like 1984 Fat, great book. You got Starship Troopers, fantastic, great book. They all have their own place that you can enjoy them in those places, but you know, it doesn't make them any better or worse than the other ones. You know, you enjoy what you read and enjoy that movie or whatever at, at that moment in time, just like you'd enjoy that sports sporting game. Of course, unless they lose and then you shout at Rast and throw your popcorn <laughs> and, and, and say, all sorts of colorful words. So there, there is one, uh, one thing I would throw in there, just based on what you guys have been saying, is, uh, or it's a question really. Does it matter? I mean, well, of course it does. It kind of answers itself. But how much does it matter whether the author or the filmmaker or the whoever succeeds at saying what they're trying to say or doing what they're trying to do? Um, and so there, there are a thousand monster movies, a thousand Godzilla ripoffs out there. Um, how many of them are as good as Pacific Rim? Very few, you know, it, well, that one is, it's a, it's an almost perfect <laughs> monsters getting punched by robots movie, right? He really succeeds at that. Yeah. I mean, coming from an, a writer perspective, it doesn't matter because everything is going to find its audience. You know, I may not like Pacific Rim, which I'm not saying I do because I love it, but let's say I don't, there is going to be someone else that does. So even though I don't like Twilight, there are a lot of people that do. Even though I, uh, you know, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, there's a huge people that like that. I had the books that I like, and it really doesn't matter because they're successful if they find their audience, and you're always going to find your audience, whether it's big or small, you will find it. Yep. One of the things that I've thought about, too, is that and it goes back to this question of in, of author's intent. I think when authors um, when authors have an intention of writing on one level or the other, that it influences the way that they approach the writing process. Brandon Sanderson yeah. writes magnificent ripping good yarns. Um, he's a, he's a wonderful level one storyteller. I've waited three years to tell you this. I hate that phrase. <laughs> I hate Ripping that good fra- yarn. I hate it so much. You've used it. I think that's the 150th time you've used it on this podcast. Probably today. <laughs> I and and it's it's probably because I'm old. Um, because that was a phrase that was used when back in back in now, the 1880s. Now just wait. Somebody on Reddit is going to go through our entire backlog, and they're going to come up with the three times that I used that phrase, and they're going to throw it in my face. That'll be your fault. Yeah. Um, you you can't be that old. Seriously, you, I have really. a, I have a, I have a, I have a, an oil painting aging for me. Um, <laughs> okay. We, <laughs> but but uh, when when he writes um, and he writes these these great fun stories, he I, I believe he does it within a context 
of making sure that those stories put provide a backdrop so that he can do some of these other kinds of oh, storytelling along the way. Me. Getting way Am ahead I? of me. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. We can again. bring that up next. No, I think that's it's a it's a really good point because I wanted to bring it up. I think some authors do that. I think other authors. Um, I, I go, I go I, again, I go back to either Starship Troopers or, or The Alchemist. Um, Paulo Coelho seemed very much about having his book be about one big uh, self-evaluative idea. And that's all he wanted to do. And so it was it was focused. Um, it wasn't the kind of engaging story that that uh, that Brandon Sanderson tells, but it was engaging enough that it got his one idea across. But it was very much a level three kind of an idea. And when it was done, it was done and he walked away from it. Um, Brandon Sanderson approaches it from all of the levels. And I think he's one of the rare authors uh, or maybe he's just one of the rare authors that I've uh, gravitated to that does it and does it so well. Kyle, what were you going to Brand- say? I think sorry, sorry, uh, Daniel. Just a second. I think no, to fine. to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Um, I do think that it what is, are you, Ryan? Right? He's not here, so I have to step in. He uh, is sitting in Ryan's chair. That's true. Um, I do think that it is important for the author to succeed in what they set out to do. I mean, I think that the the idea that you know everything's going to find its audience is is true, and I believe that a hundred percent. But I do believe that. In order for a work to be successful, the author needs to hit whatever level they're looking at. Sure. And the problem that you'll run into, you know, we brought up Pacific Rim and different Godzilla type monster movies, is when an author or a director or whoever the storyteller is tries to do too much, it's very noticeable. So you take Godzilla and you try to put it on a level two or level three. And if you don't do it well, it's very apparent. And then it is a detriment because, to your level one. Because a monster movie belongs on level one. Not necessarily. <laughs> I think that you can I think that you can um I think that you can transcend a level one monster yeah. movie, whatever. But if I've you don't se- I've seen I Frankenstein. If you don't do it well, <laughs> then everybody in the theater or everybody reading your book is going to say I see what you're trying to do, but you're not doing it effectively. And then it almost tarnishes your level one ripping good yarn. If that, you know, Kyle just said it. Kyle just said it. The phrase of the day. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I I would agree. Uh, You know, uh, when you set out, you have to achieve your goal. You know, when you're writing that story, it does have to, there's a reason. There's a reason for the story. There's, there's a plot. And everything, everything has to, to go well. Otherwise, you end up with you know the, the latest Fantastic Four movie, which is I just was thinking the same thing. Uh, where <laughs> he, you just he went overboard. He tried to do all these crazy weird things, and everyone is just le- left the scratching their head, saying, "What did I just watch?" And did someone slip me a Mickey or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was just it was insane. Um, you know, Brandon is a fantastic storyteller, and he is—he can take so many different yarns and weave them into this masterful story, where you think you're on one path, following along. At the same time, he's, there's all these little side things that are popping out that are connecting to other stories he's written or other stories that are coming in the future, and you don't even realize it until 
that next story comes down, you're like, wait a minute. And then you go back and sure enough, there it is, which is, you know, which every writer I think tries to do at one level or another, whether we're successful or not is a different story. And that's where we can connect into these other levels you guys are talking about. I I think, uh, I think that leads into why we can't just get rid of level one necessarily. Yeah. Because if you do, then you end up with Fantastic Four, the reboot, where there is no surface level story that is Mm -hmm. interesting at all. There's nothing there to keep the audience entertained or even wanting to go forward with this movie or the story or turning the pages at all. Right. And so if you don't have that level, if you don't have a basic plot story arc that's intriguing enough to keep people's attention, you can't dive into two or three. Well, that, and, uh, that and then it just me, feels hollow. That brings me to, to something else that I wanted to make sure that I said during this hour, which is that uh, none of these levels can survive on their own. Um, especially not in fiction, but I would probably argue in nonfiction as well. But today we're kind of just sticking to fiction. All three of these levels are really, really intertwined. And so you think of, um, okay, so our, our example today, I guess, is Pacific Rim, which is fine because it's one of my favorite examples for level one. <laughs> Um, but in, in Pacific Rim, it's an, it's a compelling enough story. Why is it a compelling enough story? Because it's not just robots punching monsters, although that is the, (laughs) the prominent focus of the movie, but also it has something to do with this pilot, the Charlie Hunnam, I think that's his name or whatever his name is, that character. He, you know, he has this redemption process that he has to go through. He needs to overcome grief and self-doubt, etc. And then there's the Mako or whatever her name is. That's um, yeah, Mako. Mako. And she has this yep. storyline of, uh, she has a character arc. Now you can argue about how well their arcs were uh, executed. And that's fine. Uh, I'm not here to say that everything about the movie is completely brilliant, but the story of Pacific Rim works because it has dipped into level three to tell, uh, to, to give you an idea of who these characters are and the journey that they're on. Now it lives primarily on level one where it's just about yeah. uh, taking you mm-hmm. on a, a ride. Uh, but the way that it does that is by dipping into that level three to pull out just enough to give level one some, some punch, yes. so to speak. Well, Go just ahead, to jump in with level three, that's how we connect with the characters, you know, because we've all experienced something, you know, he, he lost his brother. Well, we can all, you know, we, we care for our brother or a sibling and we can, we can understand that pain of how it would feel to lose a, a loved one like that. Um, and so I, if you, if the story doesn't dip into three in any way, shape or form, I don't think at least us as humans can connect to that story. And we need that, that interpersonal or personal level so that we can relate to the story and say, okay, I'm invested. I mean, I'm going to throw episode seven out there. I know not everyone loves it, but that moment when that lightsaber ignites and goes through Han Solo. Sorry, folks, if you haven't seen it now, I'm, who cares? <laughs> um, everyone gasped. Everyone had an emotion because here is a character that we've loved and enjoyed that we've seen come through all these things and suddenly comes to his end. And that was very personable, and we all just gasped. Yeah. And you know, and it, if you had this, if the story does not go there in any any point, I don't think a story is successful, at least in my opinion. 
You know, one of the things too that I think is is interesting when we talk about this is that um, it takes it takes longer to really wrap through an arc on a, on a level three kind of a, a situation in most situations. Um, when we look at when we look at the story uh, uh, that's going on that Brandon Sanderson is weaving right now with uh, with uh, the Stormlight Archives, um, we've got several characters that are going through some some really powerful level three kinds of pieces, and through all of that, um, the the level one and the level two things that are happening around them give some place for that level three to have meaning and have relevance in their own individual yeah. arcs. That takes a long time, uh, and Brandon does a wonderful job of of giving us something to to connect all of those moments of realization. Because otherwise, we have these moments of realization, and he says, and after everything that he suffered in working with Bridge Four, he realizes that what he needs to do is stop worrying so much about himself. I mean, that's that's fine. Yeah, you could tell that in three in in three or four pages. But Brandon Sanderson does such a wonderful job of it and weaves it so well. Um, and that's what I think I, uh, one of the things that's interesting about the way that the different stories can be told together, uh, like you say, dipping down and, and coming back up. I'm going to jump off of the Brandon Sanderson train for a minute. Thanks, man. And, uh, but what you said, Todd, it made me think of, you have to build these character arcs for your audience to get attached to them. And what I'm yes. gonna what I'm gonna bring up is the difference between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Cinematic oh, Universe. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh man, you're gonna ruin things for me I'm right going now, aren't to. you? No, I'm I mean, a huge on DC a very, fan. Well, on a very high level, the reason that the Marvel movies work and their Avengers movies work, it's debatable, but it's they work on a higher level than the DC universe. Is because Marvel has taken the time to develop all of these different Avengers characters over several movies. So we've yeah. been with these characters for a long time. We've seen them struggle. We've seen them overcome and grow. And then what's happening over on the DC side is they're throwing all of these characters together. And in we've, a singular we've never, movie. we've never met Aquaman. And we've we, never met the flash. We've yeah. never met. Exactly. So whoever, cyborg. Yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. yeah. So the difference there is you've got 10 um, yeah, 10 or 12 years worth of character backstory in the Marvel Cinematic side. And the DC side is they're basically just banking on what you're bringing to the story from your prior Batman or Superman or yeah. Wonder Woman knowledge. Or even like Suicide Squad, for example, they throw in, you know, five, six, seven main characters and... And you don't most care of, about any of Most them. of the audience is very surface level familiar with them. Yeah. They've heard yeah. the name, or even if they haven't heard the name, the most that they know is what they've seen on the trailer and the promo. Um, and no. the reason that those movies don't pay off as well is because you don't have that same backstory and development as you do on the Marvel side, where you've, you're bringing 10 years worth of history and character development and it's so intricately woven together. Now, you can argue things here and there on, on both sides, but the big problem with the with the whole DC strategy is they're trying to fast track all of the work that Marvel has done and just say we're gonna we're gonna throw Batman and Superman in the same movie. Yeah, they're gonna make almost a billion dollars, but it's gonna be it's not gonna be as well 
told of a story. Right, and a billion people read Twilight. No. That that that's not the mark of artistic success necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I I agree. You know, it's like taking this mass. Uh, let's say Lord of the Rings. You know, we we started with Frodo and Sam and then Gandalf and then we then we had then we introduced each of the dwarves one at a time you know and and then we went on you know there was that character building we got to know them and build up to it and you know now with DC where it's like they all just showed up and now we're going and there's no build up and it, it fails because we're not learning anything of those characters as much as i love DC uh, Marvel has done it much better because we've had the buildup of that relationship with those characters up to the Avengers. We have that big critical point, and then we they split it off again. We have more character building. We have another big event, and and so on and so forth. And it's that's how story, storytelling should be. Hopefully, DC, and and you know, as long as we're bringing up DC, let's let's let let's give them the hope. That this November, maybe their Justice League oh, you movie. Mean, you mean the S on his chest? <laughs> Let's hope that maybe it'll work. <laughs> the uh, I, I I have hope. I, I plan it. It means hope. I've seen the trailer. Uh, it's <laughs> not gonna work. I, I'm I'm holding out hope, yeah. only because I I can't spend money on a movie that I have no hope for. So that's why I'm holding <laughs> out hope. But they did a good job with Wonder Woman. Uh, of did. of doing that piece of giving of giving some relevant backstory of giving a of giving us an opportunity to start learning about the character. Um, hopefully, they've learned enough that maybe they can figure out a way to, to make it work. Yeah. Well, uh, they definitely have, and now that they've got Zack Snyder out of that role and brought in Jeff Johns, and and he's done a fantastic job with the DC Comics. That's why Wonder Woman was a success. I I I do have some worries because. Of what Zack Snyder's already done, but they brought Josh Whedon in. I just saw the new trailer; it looks pretty cool, but I don't know. I, I do hope it turns out really a lot better than I'm afraid it's going to. Be. I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm yeah. crossing my fingers. Well, okay. Because so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Daniel. I was gonna say Batman versus Superman was horrible. The, I think yeah. that's a mic yeah. drop right there. I mean, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you know Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Who made that horrible decision? Uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on, or I'll just keep talking about well, this. So I do want to make one last point before I get to the the final section of of this uh, discussion, and that is that uh, we're we're kind of talking about how level three has to inform level one in order for it to work, and I think that's absolutely true. But I would also mention that you're not going to get a lot of value out of your level two or level three stories if level one doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so no it, argument. One, one of my, uh, one of my favorite books of all time is 1984. Um, and it's uh it's a very, very cutting, uh, indictment against, um, totalitarianism. And, uh, but, but it's, it, it works, and it's uh, it's given a lot of people a lot of things to think about when it comes to um, politics and whatnot. But the reason it works is because, darn it, that's a cool story. Yeah, you know the the man against the monolith. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very cool story to read. If you didn't know anything about twentieth century politics, you could still get a pretty cool story out of yeah. nineteen eighty four. And uh, kind of same thing again on level two. One of my favorite uh, TV shows of all time is South Park. Uh, one of the most <laughs> brilliant level two social political commentaries out there. Um, but 
you take all that stuff away and it's still about this weirdo group of eight-year-olds uh you know this uh, this group of third graders <laughs> in south park colorado and they get into all these hijinks and and it's a it, it's still a funny and interesting story without all the commentary and that's why the commentary works or not that's not why but that's one reason that it's able sure. to is because we care about the story itself it's that, interesting that too because so while you were talking that made me think of you know we just had daniel give us his elevator pitch for uh the shadow above the flames right any elevator pitch anytime you recommend a story to anybody is always going to be level one so if you can't give that level one it's really difficult to say like this is a good mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I would just think of it in that term where uh, even, and this is maybe a detriment to my favorite series of all time, but the wheel of time in our last podcast, we talked about, Hey, how would you give your elevator pitch for the wheel of time? And for me, the wheel of time is incredibly awesome on both level two and level three. I love the level one stuff, but it's really difficult for me to give that level one pitch because of its length, because you of can't how do much it, over, it is over 14. You books, can't yeah. do it over 14 books. <laughs> and so it's interesting. Is there to even just think, an elevator pitch for the whole will of time series. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, almost impossible. And what my, you know, resolution for that was, was basically I can't, I don't recommend this to people most of the time, unless we're willing to sit down and have a level two, level three discussion up front before, yeah. before you even go through. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting as you were saying that, you know, you have to have a level one in order well, for a story to hold together. And the wheel of time does. It does. It's just hard to pitch that. Right. But when I was thinking, Hey, Daniel just gave us his level one pitch for his book and it was great. You know, he gives that to us and we're all thinking, Oh yeah, I'll go, I'll go Sounds read that. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, another thing that's kind of interesting, we talk about we talk about succeeding on level one, succeeding on two and three, and we talk about places where it works and it doesn't. One of the things that we've that we've identified is that in films, it's easier to see when there's overreach going on or where it doesn't connect. But films have some requirements and restrictions that books don't have. Um, Brandon Sanderson can write as many pages oh, as man. he wants. He is on the Sanderson train today. I, <laughs> my I, gosh. I am because I, he is, he is one of my favorite authors that connects them all <laughs> and does them all nicely. So I apologize. But, uh, coming back to the fantastic four, I, I went into the fantastic four hoping for, uh, hoping for a great movie and I saw some fun things. I was disappointed that it, that it fell short in the ways that it did, but it fell short because of restrictions that were, I think, uh, built up in the medium. Um, we weren't ready for a three and a half hour Fantastic Four movie. Uh, if we had been, and if people had been, if the if that would have been supported by the movie going audience, maybe Fantastic Four would have been different. Um, because again, some of the stories that they wanted to tell take longer to tell, and you have to have fun mm-hmm. stuff going on. They just missed on all of those because they were trying to compromise too much. I think in writing, you've got a chance to, that you don't have to compromise as much. You can really attack those stories very differently. So I want to, I, I want for all of us to share our favorite, uh, maybe our favorite from each level. But before we do that, we'll close out with that. Um, but I wanted to ask you this question. And I have my answer ready to go because I'm asking the question. So I'd better have my answer ready to go. Never ask a question that you don't already have an answer for. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But I wanted to ask you this. Who cares? Why do we have this theory, uh, this this three-level theory? 
Why do we keep talking about it on the Legendarium? Who cares? I do. Well, okay. So I'll give you mine, and maybe that'll jog. <laughs> maybe that'll jog some of your answers as well. My uh, my answer to that would be that it's all about helping uh, helping us as readers, as consumers, to consume media more intelligently, um, and not just come out of something and say, "Well, that was that was dumb. It didn't do what I wanted it to do." You know, you're basically just saying, "I I wanted this to exist on a different." Uh, in a different dimension i wanted this to be a different product than it was we, we hear that a lot um I, I wanted this to be something else and so it kind of helps us to understand okay so here's what the author is kind of trying to do and then we can judge whether they succeed or fail at that um but i, I get a little bit a little bit tired of um take horror movie for instance horror movies i hear a lot of people say uh, horror movies are dumb i don't like them because they're stupid because uh you know only stupid people like horror movies and i say well you know what i'm not the biggest uh fan of the horror genre i don't know all that much about it but uh just because you didn't find anything relevant in there for you doesn't mean it's not doing something on these you know at least one of these three levels for somebody else right um i i I guess understanding the three levels understanding where an author like daniel or like uh you know anybody else is coming from helps you to more intelligently consume media. Yeah, does so that make sense? I, I'd put a caveat in that. What, what horror movies are they talking about? Like the Saw or like Hitchcock horror? I mean, because Hitchcock horror well, is amazing. Well, I mean, I, I'm not looking to get into like a, a huge discussion <laughs> on horror movies, but I mean, the the genre has evolved. You can fill in oh, the I, blanks, I, you know. Yeah. But, no, uh, I understand. <laughs> Um, anyway, what, what are your thoughts? Why do we care about the three levels? Starting with me? Uh, sure. All right. Well, I mean, for me, the three levels is, depends on what, where my mood is. What am I looking to read? What am I wanting to bring in? You know, maybe I've had a really stressful day and I just want to read something fun. Then I would go towards something more surface level. Maybe I want something that, you know, pro- will provoke some thoughts, and then I can go towards two or three, or maybe, you know, I'm looking. There, you know, there are some times when maybe I have something going on emotionally, and I'm wanting to try to figure out what that is, and that's where I can go into those books this, that you know allow me to see inward, and hopefully something in that sparks it, say, that triggers something like, okay, that's what I'm feeling, or that's what's going on with me. Um, so that's what I like to do when I'm reading to try to find what suits best for my mood at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, any other thoughts? Or, yeah. Uh... I think uh, for me, it's more of a, generally when I sit down to read, I am just looking for level one stuff. Um, yeah. Looking to be told a story, looking to escape from whatever, you know, stress or real life thing that's happening. And what I appreciate the most is when an author can take you from level one and, broaden your insight into level two or level three and so while i agree that sometimes if you're looking for it um you know you you get out what you put into it but at the same time the truly great storytellers will do that without you realizing it so you start at level one and all of a sudden you realize you know perrin has this thing with his axe and his hammer and this is a very level three thing. Right. Um, and we won't get into that for anybody that hasn't read it, but <laughs> it's it takes you from one to three without really realizing yeah. it. And by the time you get to the end, 
all of a sudden you've had this personal connection. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of that, and oh boy, here we go. I've made fun of Todd, and now I'm going to bring up Brandon Ripping Sanderson. good yarn. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm bringing up Sanderson. Uh, there's a moment in one of the Stormlight books, I can't remember which one, but Kaladin uh, is uh, ruminating on the fact that he's carrying a spear again. And he says something to himself like, or maybe he's talking to somebody else. I can't remember. But he says, um, if you want to know who is free in a society, look at who is allowed to carry a weapon. And that is, um, it's very, very relevant to the story. Uh, but if you, if you read that line, you can't help but have thoughts about, you know, modern political theory. Sure. Uh, and so it's kind of what you're talking about mm -hmm. where... It's really just a good story, and he's thinking about this thing, but it uh, kind of pulls you into level two, whether you want to or not, mm -hmm. right? But he's, yeah. he does it adroitly, and he does it gently, and he doesn't stay there forever. Right. Um, that's one of the things that, that I think for me has been useful as we talk about these things is that... Uh, and why these why these levels are useful because it gives us a way of being able to say, hey, if you're looking for a book that does this here are some ones to think about. If you're looking for some books that are doing this, that are answering that need, it gives us a way of being able in a community to be able to share that with each other and say, oh, you're looking for some escapist stuff? Don't read these. Read these instead. Um, and I think that's why, at least for me, that's why I care. Yeah, that um, makes sense. It gives me, a, it gives, and I, I think the other reason is that it gives me a chance to, uh, and I've, I've got, children that are that are older now and so it gives me an, another way to be able to to continue to engage with my children and keep them part of my community as we grow because now they're starting to appreciate some of the things that i appreciate as well yeah. on all of the levels not just the fun stories but we get to start talking about them again that's awesome well let's uh let's talk about favorites because we're coming up on the end of our hour here so did i i want to start at the top and work our way down does anybody have a favorite story that exists, you know, this could be a book, a movie, whatever, something that exists primarily on level three, um, or that, uh, that, you know, reaches into it quite a lot, maybe. Uh, does anybody have a favorite level three? I'll give you mm. mine. Uh, a Few Good Men. Okay. I'll I take that. really, really, really like that movie a lot. Um... For me, level three would be um, Peaceful Warrior. Peaceful Warrior? Yeah. Is that a... That's a film. Okay. Uh, it was based on a book called The, uh, the Way of the Peaceful Warrior about Dan Millman. Um, check it out. It was one of those... Dan Millman? Dan Millman. It makes it sound like he's uh, like a, a prepper in I, the Panhandle, Idaho or something. And he, he was a prepper in Southern California. Oh, really? Um, but <laughs> okay. it's... it's um, yeah, it was a level three. Okay, all right. Kyle, do you have one? Yeah. Um, it is specifically a chapter within the Brothers Karamazov. Oh, nice. It's the Grand Inquisitor. Chapter Ooh. five, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I won't go into detail there, but it's basically about human nature and beliefs and yeah. that kind of stuff. So Right. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Wow. Daniel, do you have one? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Ooh, nice. That was the one I tossed out in favor of A Few Good Men. <laughs> yeah, um, that one's a great story. I love it. Can you guys, did you know that that was, uh, that was like a box office failure when it came out? Yes. Like nobody saw that yep. movie. And then TNT got the rights for nothing 
and that's why they or not t it wasn't yeah it was TNT. tnt and they just showed it ad nauseum for 20 years and now everybody loves it so uh but yes agreed. i'm waiting for warcraft to be the same <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry what keep waiting well yeah well and Take the, the one thing for. that a lot not a lot of people know is it was a novella uh written by stephen king right, yes right yeah because it doesn't have a lot of the stephen king hallmarks but uh yeah he he knows how to write every once in a while i guess he i guess he can write books whatever um yep okay so level two uh this is our social and political commentary kyle do you have a favorite level two i actually really like uh george R. R. martin's work i think that there's a lot of level two stuff that happens um within the politicking that happens in the seven kingdoms and uh a lot of political social issues get brought up yeah. kind of in the background so okay or the foreground <laughs> every once in a while yeah todd i've already mentioned it starship troopers oh yeah that's right yeah daniel what about you uh arctic rising it's uh written by tobias Bakel. so it's a lot about global warming and the chaos that happens after that because the polar ice caps and that are melting all right so i haven't, it's a I really haven't good heard book. of that one what was it called Arctic Rising, and there's a sequel after it. I can't remember it off the top of my head right now, but it's kind of poetic because after all this happens, there's a series of uh, hurricanes that stop, start bombarding the Gulf area. So, oh. uh, yeah. I was hoping it was like the ice caps reform, and it's like like Arctic 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, okay, so my, my level 2... Um, Oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Oh, I've already brought up all my 1984 South Park. Um, we've mentioned Starship <laughs> Troopers. Lord of the Flies would be another uh, level mm. two one for me. Okay. Um, yeah. I can see that. Anyway. Uh, okay. And then finally, this is the fun one. And I, I think we'll get some good responses out of this one. Primarily level one. You're not allowed to say any of the ones we've already said. Uh, but level one, let's start with Daniel on this one. What's your favorite uh <clears throat> ripping good yarn he said okay. he said it so when I, I i'm gonna skip the whole i'm gonna skip brandon sanderson because that's been brought up uh mine is wolf's empire uh, by claudia christian and uh morgan grant buchanan it's about so basically rome never collapsed they've gone out into space and they're having they're, there's an entire planet that is just a giant gladiatorial arena and oh, there's sweet. just fights going on non-stop it's awesome okay wow that does sound pretty cool there's your elevator pitch uh yeah. kyle are we going books or movies don't have stories yeah anything um this might be a little weird but oceans 11 oh hey yeah. is oh. one of my favorite go-to just Man. This is a fun story. There's a lot of fun dialogue. You don't have to dig super deep, but it's the way that the story is told, the way that things are revealed. Super fun, ripping good yarn. I accept. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Todd, what's yours? Man, that's, I, I figured you were going to ask, and it is tough. Um, Which Brandon Sanderson book? I, <laughs> actually, I wasn't going to go there. Um uh, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay in the book area. I'm gonna say uh, Anne McCaffrey's Dragon Riders. Dragon of Riders. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a respectable choice. Uh, in fact, I, I got that for my son for his birthday last year, and he like absorbed it like crazy. Went through all of them. Yep, love them. Um, my favorite level one is um, almost any 
of uh, Steven Spielberg. Oh, he occasionally dips into two or three. Um, as long as it has something not, to do with aliens. Usually not as well, <laughs> uh, but his level one stuff is amazing. Uh, Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's really not a ton more to these stories than what's presented <laughs> to you at face value, right? Sure. Uh, but he is the, uh, in the film world at least, I think he is the absolute master of level one. Um and uh, and I think he's a he's an actual artistic genius. There is nothing wrong with being a master of level one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, please send all um, hate mail death threats to uh, the the legendarium.reddit.com. And uh, anytime we do lists like this, I, I know we get a lot of people yelling at their car stereos. We didn't do an integrationist one that does all three of them at the same well, time. Well, that's you, Tolkien is. The that obvious would be choice yours. for me. That would be yours. Uh, yeah, he he wrote a very good story that you can read when you're 13 and you don't really understand all the layers, but it's a great story, and then it unfolds as you as you come to understand it more, right? So, and by the time you're 97 year old, years old, you might be a master. <laughs> yeah, you might finally understand what he was trying to say. Um, yeah. Okay, so Todd. Don't say Brandon Sanderson. Nope, not going to. <laughs> uh, the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh. Okay. Uh, I'll just take your word on that. I've only seen the first couple episodes of it. Uh. It, it was significant in my life. All right. Kyle, did you have one? I wasn't prepared for this one. Yeah, I mean, I would normally plug Jordan here, but we've done that plenty in our Wheel of Time stuff. So <laughs> um, I'd probably go with maybe Rothfuss, um, King Killer. I think that he does a pretty good job on all three levels. I'm, um, I'm going to remember that you said that. Yeah. Because he's, according to the voting on GoFundMe, uh, that's probably going to be the next thing we read, and uh, and I, I have something to say about him in I, in this know, vein, but I'll you save know, it. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Craig has something to say about about something. anything. I mean, we it's been four years since you started the podcast. You've been I, saying things, I, you know, and it's 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 uh, he's been saying roughly the same thing, and it's generally insulting to the rest of us. <laughs> Daniel, did you have any of these uh, exists on all three levels, or uh, did did you want me to skip you? No, I I, I have one. I'm probably going to get yelled at for it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Larry Correa's Monster Hunter books. Really? All right. <laughs> now we're talking. Because they, I, you get, you have the fun surface level, but every now and then he really dives in uh, and hits those points yes, for he the does. other two. You know, I just met him at Comic-Con. He's a neat guy. Yeah. Uh, he Larry is, is an awesome guy. A giant, giant man. He's <laughs> a, a bear man. He's a man bear pig. Uh, yeah, he's a man wearing and, a bear suit. <laughs> uh, he he is, and I've I ran a flyer fi charity game with him and his kids and a couple other authors, and his son decided to skin uh one of his victims and wear it wear a skin suit. Um, <laughs> he's got some interesting kids. I uh, know Larry's a, Larry is an awesome guy that's very talented. He has a bad rap and it, it, on social media. He's a giant teddy bear, but for some reason on social media, 
he's he's known as the international lord of hate well so I, he's, I he'll he'll let you have it he is not oh, yeah. a, he's he, very he is very vocal yeah but when you get larry just as larry it's it's a completely different ball game but he is very talented in what he does um as you were talking it just reminded me i'm going to throw out an honorable mention for one that lives on all three levels and love it or hate it uh ender's game Oh, okay. is one that okay. I think yeah. solidly lives on all three levels. And fun fact, if you didn't know this, maybe everybody did. Maybe it was it's a common. book. It was a book before a movie. Oh, it was. Yeah. No, my uh, <laughs> my stepdad's a captain in the Air Force, and he said that they actually give a copy of Ender's Game to you in officer training school. Yeah, because it's a really good um, example of learning to be a leader. Hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Do you call him captain? Um, no. Are you allowed to? I'm not allowed to. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I I think I will if I ever meet him. Sure. Okay. You know, the first book I really enjoy, the other books after that are really hard for me yeah, to no, keep my I, interest in. I agree with that. Uh, fun fun story about that. Fun fact. It was he's a book a, before a movie. No, he, my stepdad, like I said, he's a captain in the Air Force, and my wife, when we were dating, had never seen Top Gun. Oh. And I brought her home, and he had found out, like, the first you know, time that I brought her home and he was like, you've never seen Top Gun. You need to get out of my house right now. <laughs> and so she was not welcome back until we had gone and watched Top Gun. That was and one her of my mom, honorable mentions for a level one. Yeah, her <laughs> mom was very ashamed that she had never seen Top Gun because it's her one of her mom's favorite movies. Right. So just a fun now, little... Your, your stepdad knows in, that was the Navy, right? Well, yeah. Okay, just check it. Uh, all right, so we better wrap it up because we're at 109. Wow. Yeah, so, okay, we, we better wrap it up. But, uh, Daniel, thank you very, very much for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you. I, it, was, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on, and I will just mention one more time, everybody should go listen to Dungeon Crawlers Radio and also go check out The Shadow Above the Flames uh, wherever fine books are sold. And... You like that, Todd? That was really well done. Was that? Yeah, that was. My, that was that was like forty years old, but yeah, that was really well done. That that was my uh, announcer voice. That was nice. I like it. Um, so the shadow above the flames. Go check it out. Let us know what you think at thelegendarium.reddit.com, and be sure to support the show at uh, Patreon.com/legendarium. And again, right now there's a GoFundMe drive going on. I won't rehearse all that again. Just rewind it, and you can listen to that again because I know that you found it fascinating. Uh, let's call it you guys and we'll reconvene next week. Next week is, we just said it, The Gathering Storm. Gathering Storm. Uh, book 12 of The Wheel of Time. We will get started on that. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention because people are always curious about what's coming up on the podcast, uh, we're getting a lot of questions about how we're going to handle Oathbringer. Uh, number three <laughs> in the uh, Stormlight Archive. Here is the plan. Uh, we have uh, the advanced review copy, and so we're going to try to bomb through it. At least me and Ryan are going to try to get through this before the release date so that we can have a written review and a spoiler-free podcast review ready to go on the day that it's released. Um, and then we'll do our typical uh, podcast thing where all the panelists read it a little more slowly. We'll probably do three episodes on the whole book, doing more of a, a spoilery uh, deep dive into the book and so that'll come but anyway we will have Oathbringer content ready to go on the day that the book is released if all goes according to plan uh, but I, I have to admit this thing is freaking huge yeah, you better start reading now and I am I am struggling it's uh, it, it is a page turner though don't worry 
Uh, okay, so we will see you all next week for The Gathering Storm and uh, see you all on social media. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good one. Thank you.